Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello. Hello. Anyone around here speak basketball? Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball, Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Rivas. And who, sir, with the nice classic Raptors hat, are you? I am the producer, Matt Duncan. Freddie, how are you doing in this Labor Day day? Good, good. I'm happy for unions <laughs> and Labor Day <laughs> itself. Uh, how you doing? Doing good? Yeah, everything's well on my end, you know, just getting ready to head up to the cottage for a little bit. So, you know, one last holiday for the year. Beauty, beauty. Say hello yeah. to Magnetowan. Yeah. Or Georgina. <laughs> uh, Magnetowan, you... yeah. yeah. Okay. We're going way up. We're going way up. Magnetowan, shit. I messed yeah. it up. Um, welcome to, yeah, the, the podcast, everyone. We are hardcore Raptors fans, analysts, comedians, actors, uh, basically just basketball nuts. Uh, if you're returning, thank you. If it's your first time, also thank you. We are with Raptors Republic. And, um, you know, if you want to help us out, uh, you know, lift us up as local podcasters. Uh, Maddie, how can they do that? Well, if you're catching us on YouTube, please subscribe, please like, please comment, and make sure to go over to raptorsrepublic.com. That's where all of the great articles are that are being written by our great writers at Raptors Republic. you got to check that stuff out, as well as the other podcasts on the network that um, you know many of the guests have been on our pod too, which is awesome. We actually have one today. That's what we do here. So yeah, please support us. If you've got a, you know, your favorite podcatcher, you can sus- subscribe to us there. And, and uh, that's it. Yeah. Damn right, Maddie. Thank you so much for hooking me up. You goddamn pro. Um, yeah, Raptor season is coming up. Training camp's coming up. Um, I will say before we get going here, uh, free Brittany Griner. And uh, yeah, let's, let's intro these guests. Uh, he's been on the podcast many, many times. Uh, he, uh, you know, uh, he runs a, a podcast himself. He's a big wrestling fan. Book it Vince. I think he's also with Bits and Bites on the Sonar Network. Um, just hilarious comedian uh, and, you know, does a lot of stuff. Like he's, he's multi-talented. But uh, I think I always got to mention probably the biggest fan of, of the Ball family. Uh, I'm pretty sure he likes LeVar, but mostly mostly the basketball players. Uh, give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Anthony Hall. Oh, yeah, baby. It is me, the honorary fourth ball, Anthony Hall, 
in the space. Confederacy of Dunks back at it again. Oh my god, I've never seen that pre-roll video, and it is amazing. My jaw dropped. The production value over the years has absolutely increased. Freddie <laughs> and Maddie D. Holy! Well, thank you I so much, it. sir. That's, that's all, Maddie D. That's all, Maddie D. <laughs> um, the reason my camera isn't blurry. That's Maddie D. Hell yeah. Um, thank you for thank you for joining. Uh fourth and honorary brother. Um, let's uh let's bring on guest number two here. Uh we actually, you know, we've been off for two weeks uh just because uh work and um he was the he was on the last podcast. So, you know, he's quickly becoming a, a favorite here. Uh, I love listening to uh him and Oren's podcast as well. Um you know, a, a great Raptors mind. Uh, I really dig him. He was amazing on the, the last episode uh, and, um, you know, does a lot of different stuff and we'll make sure to promote it all here, but uh, give it up as loud as you can. Coming from, oh, I think I'm going to mess this up, but I think it's Vancouver, not Victoria, but he'll let me know. <laughs> Coming up from Vancouver, uh, give it up as loud as you can, even if you're home alone for Aiden Moss. I think this song feels like it's going to build, but it doesn't. It, it's very fitting. I'm like the slowest guy around. So this is just, this is totally my rhythm. Did I mess up? Is it Victoria? I'm, I'm in Victoria, but I'm all over the place to be honest. So whatever. Any city works. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Coming from Arn Pryor in the Ottawa Valley. It's a um, Thanks for joining, dude. Thanks for having me guys. Let's, uh, yeah, let's hop right into it. Uh, Maddie, good sir. Um, you know, I mean, pressure's on. The uh, production value is, is, is upped, as Anthony said. So please, good sir, give me your most delicious Raptors sting. The Confederacy of Don't Say Talking Raptors! Right. classic celebrity cameo um mm. and and every celebrity cameo maddie gets uh they they don't breathe they need that <laughs> the words are just sandwiched <laughs> together um thank you Stephen a smith for supporting the pod but uh <laughs> yeah let's go to you first uh anthony and um you know we're still in summer territory but i think we're we're, we're getting closer and closer and um I mean, I was one of the people who thought that uh, the Raptors might waive uh, Svi, uh, but yeah, they have. Um, I was thinking maybe Harris was coming in. Not sure if that's still a possibility. I think I think we're pretty full up, but uh, we've signed uh, Josh Jackson, um, who I think was last with the Grizzlies, if I'm not mistaken, drafted by the Pistons. But uh, yeah, I guess you know taking a flyer on him, sort of thing. But, um, yeah, just, you know, I guess taking into context all the, you know, rumors that were this summer and what actually happened, what do you kind of give the Raptors, you know, the Raptors, assuming we're sort of done uh, and, and ready to start the season uh, with this group? Uh, what, do you, what do you give them out of 10 um, for this offseason, 10 being, you know, absolutely amazing? Uh, I think I'm going to have to go with somewhere around 6.5. I don't know if I'm being harsh, but 
I didn't particularly love some of the moves that we made, but there were other signings, extensions. I think we did okay in the draft. I think we found some gems uh, that joined us uh, in the summer league. But first and foremost, I want to uh, extend my condolences to my favorite uh, Asian Raptor player who is no longer with the mm-hmm. Raptors organization, Mr. Utah. I will always get posterized because I am a warrior. Watanabe. He had some blocks, um, though, right? Dude, he, he had, had some blocks. blocks. Fearless. And he, yeah, fearless. Truly the the warrior spirit. Uh, I wish him well in my least favorite New York market which is Brooklyn. Um, Very fair. <laughs> yes. Uh, he'll, I think, bring uh, some, he'll bring some wisdom to Kyrie, hopefully. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. I hope I hope he makes Kyrie fall in love with the game of basketball <laughs> again. Uh, <laughs> I, I really um, don't like Otto Porter Jr., but this is just like a personal thing because he's burned me in fantasy many, many times. I'm like, okay. oh yeah, this is the this is the year Auto Porter Jr. is gonna help me up my three point percentage um, on my team, or he's gonna absolutely like uh, actually get some points for me, and I'll be able to use him in my rotation. But he's always burned me. However, I think as a part of the Raptors, uh, probably bench, I suppose. I don't think he's starting. Um, mm-hmm. He'll be a great. Uh, defensive contributor and I think it's nice to have a guy who is confident in his three-point shot that is willing to take it Mm -hmm. when he's open and I think re-signing Boosh and Thad is good for our depth and Coloco has a ton of potential it's nice that we targeted somebody who is a center or center adjacent uh, in the draft and he he had some really nice moments as well in the summer league, so I'm excited to see what he can do. I was really really concerned that we didn't sign him for a long time. I was like, oh, is he a part of this potential KD package, potential Donovan Mitchell package? I was very worried that we were going to trade a lot for those guys, and I'm I am glad that we stayed put and we're rolling with our core guys, and we believe in uh, the future of the core that we've assembled thus far. Yeah, well, I mean, lo- lots of good points, and and thanks for shouting out Utah. I, I really, I really enjoyed him, and I, I thought that, um, you know, he had, he was in a rough spot last year where he when he did play, I thought it was you know I thought he was a decent player, and um, if I'm not mistaken, you know, when after he got COVID, I, I don't know if he really had much of a shot when he, um, when he came back and, you know, fair enough. I think nurse had a pretty tight rotation for a lot of the season and, you know, trying to win a lot of games. And I think, you know, not necessarily saving ourselves for the playoffs. We were trying to get a good record and get those reps Mm -hmm. in that way, which honestly I've come around a little bit on when you think about the big picture, you know, we weren't really going anywhere in the playoffs last year. So I think, you know, Masai said it, Nurse said it. We did get a lot of those reps for, you know, kind of the the top six, top seven guys on the team. And um, I think, you know, I don't think you're being too harsh. I feel like I have the Raptors uh, at eight out of 10. And um, basically that's kind of like belief in Masai and Nurse and, and Bobby Webster and what we're doing here and sort of like developing guys. So I think, yes, we didn't make a big trade, but I think that 
this core, this unit, this bench, which we, I think we have more of a bench now deserves a shot. And um, I've kind of in my head, I've been calling this team like bench mob light a lot. Cause I think that we do have a really good regular season team. Uh, and I think we still have to learn more from this team, but yeah, you know, it's not a 10, right. We didn't, you know, make some trade for a superstar. Right. So uh, had we traded for KD, depending on who we traded, maybe that's a 10, but um, we didn't. And we are rolling with, with, with our guys. And, you know, to your point, I think, yeah, you know, uh, we added some, some nice two way guys and we'll see who makes it with, from camp. But obviously, you know, Wancho's in the mix and, you know, Champagne and, and Banton and who knows. Bo Cruz, Bo Cruz on the Bo Raptors. Cruz, yeah, I know. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a competitive camp. So I think in that sense, I'm really excited for this team. And I think that we weren't flashy and Masai usually is not flashy until, you know, he's got to make the move. So that's kind of where I'm at with uh, eight out of 10. Um, Aiden, what, what about you? You know, uh, hopefully we didn't jump on all the points. Where, where are you at with the no, summer? I, one thing about Yuta, I also really feel like he didn't get a fair shot. Like they, they gave him a run for a little while, but he was playing, you know, Yuta's the kind of guy that I think makes uh, a good team better. But if you put him on okay. like a bat with, you know, the bench unit or something, he's going to kind of like, fade into yes like you know and so i just tertiary piece kind of yeah and he brought he brought a kind of energy and athleticism that we didn't really have in our depth or on the wing and i Mm -hmm. i just was shocked at the number of games where he just dnp'd like it really just didn't make sense to me i understand why we didn't resign him but i still don't think he got a really fair shot so i i hope he gets some run in brooklyn and i think he will because they need guys that can just play defense so totally agree <laughs> yeah. and you know like to your point i think he'll be good with uh you know standing in the corner and you know if a guy like ben yeah. simmons is playing you know like he can find him and yeah i think utah is uh you know yeah just just totally agreeing with you there yeah, he wasn't hitting his shot, which is unfortunate, but I think he could be a 40% shooter from the corner. Anyway, um, yeah, so offseason, I think, you know, grading an, a team's offseason is always contextual. Like yes. the New York Knicks could get 10 out of 10 because they got a free agent, even though like mm-hmm. Jalen Brunson isn't really going to change their trajectory all that much. Um, and for Toronto, I think it is, I, I have always argued that for Toronto, it's about the status quo. And I know normally that's not very exciting, mm-hmm. but people want a center. They want to, you know, they want to sign like a JaVale McGee or they want like a backup scoring guard or trade for uh, Eric Gordon, whatever. And I've always said, this is about Masai's vision and and long-term dream for this team, which is mm-hmm. this, like you said, swingman galore, everybody's long and switchy. And so in that sense, you know, grabbing Otto Porter Jr., which I agree with you, Anthony, I'm a little bit hesitant w- w- for, with because it wasn't so long ago that he was completely out of shape and dogging it in Chicago. And, you know, like it looked like he was just going to fade out of the league. He also killed my fantasy team. Um, <laughs> so I'm a little bit nervous about that. But if if he can give the minutes, great. Good signing. But this to me is is about the long term in the sense that Precious is going to have to get paid. Scotty's going to have to get paid Gary maybe. So like making a big splash in the off season doesn't really make sense. If you're all about internal development. And if you think the projection of these players is, 
is high, in which case you want to save space uh, to re-sign them and continue on. So I, I give it like a nine out of 10, just because I think I'm all for the Maasai vision and they didn't compromise that. And they brought back pieces that will help us win now. I like the Josh Jackson signing. He was, I think he was in Detroit last year and he was doing okay. Like he was, he was kind of bounced. He went to Memphis. He kind of found himself again. Um, and Toronto's all about finding those projects like the Stanley mm-hmm. Johnsons or the totally. Rondé Hollis Jeffersons and turning them into functional players. It doesn't always work out, but I like that they kind of, you know, bring in a bunch of guys and see if one of them can pop in our development system. Um, so yeah, I, I, I didn't expect much from the off season and I liked what happened for the most part. Yeah. Lots of good points. And I think, you know, I'm hundred percent with you as far as the vision and I'll just add too. you know, nurse is a shot doctor. Right. And I think so much of this vision is acquiring a type of player. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think they want to bring in defense first guys and they truly believe they'll, they'll be able to teach guys how to shoot, you know, you know, Banton, I think is a good example of someone who, yeah. Will he be able to shoot, uh, the corner three next year, hopefully. Does that mean you give up on him if he can't? No. Um, you know, I think you're thinking about a guy like that shooting top of the break threes, maybe in like his fourth season, right? Scotty is a good example of someone who, you know, the Raptors, it's almost like they draft with, with, with like, they just put shooting totally aside. And they're like, we just don't care if a guy can shoot. We will teach them to shoot. We will teach them like how to shoot in, you know, in this team, even guys we bring in like, you know, Birch, it's like, okay, great. You weren't allowed to shoot for Orlando. We expect you to shoot the corner here. Yeah. Uh, Thaddeus Young, you used to shoot, but then you weren't shooting while you're shooting again. Uh, Coloco summer league. Hey, take the three if you're open, dude. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's sort of part that's baked into the philosophy here. And I also really like the the Josh Jackson uh, signing. I just want to correct myself. He was drafted by Phoenix. I thought right. he was drafted by Detroit. And maybe that's because, uh, uh, Aiden, you were saying, I don't know. I, I think of him very similarly to uh, uh, not lighten the butt, Stanimal, right? I, I think he's sort of this Stanley Johnson vibe for me where <laughs> yeah. even if he's not a guy that's part of the Raptors long term, we develop people and we kind of like are working on this reputation where it's sort of like, you know, you don't co- go to the Raptors and then leave the NBA. You you go to the Raptors and, hey, maybe you're, you're Utah and, and we, you know, we dropped you. But, hey, you're getting a contract in Brooklyn. Like, we are a, a, a good sort of development place. We're a good place for players to be. And that's yeah. like, you know, whether you're at the top of the rotation or the bottom of the rotation. And I think that's that's really important, um, you know, as a as a – identity you know in in a place where small markets have a tough time carving out identities yeah and i don't want to over over um estimate this organization but Mm -hmm. i do think they're approaching the san antonio spurs new england patriots kind of level not yet not obviously in the winning way but in the sense that like our system and culture is so prominent and first and foremost, that you can bring in guys like Jackson who have had difficulty on and off the court. And if they're willing to buy in, like you're saying, and have that mutual agreement, they can um, benefit 
the team and also kind of resurrect their career a little bit. Um, and on the yeah, note, I think so. Yeah. And on the note with Banton, they, uh, Canada has played Columbia today and he was four for seven from three. So there you go. He's uh, yeah, man. He was, you know, and, yeah. And he was hitting them in the, uh, the. I think there was that one summer league game. Yeah. Obviously summer league, right? But he hit his mm-hmm. four. Uh, you know, the 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 first four threes he took, he hit. Yeah. And again, right? It's always like that's sort of like in like pickup, uh, or it's not pickup, but you know, it's 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 more competitive than, than Rico, I would say. But it's just not organized in <laughs> in in a, in a play calling type of way, and you know the minutes he gets in the NBA will be very, very different. Like, you know, we've all seen sure. a guy like Malcolm Miller just drain threes in, in the G league and then come to the NBA. And it's like, buddy, you get like five minutes a game and you're going to get two shots and you better hit one of them. And if you mm-hmm. don't, um, you'll, you'll Yikes. still get a lot of love from nurse. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> but uh, okay. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's move on to question two. Maddie D will get you in here. Um, get a little bit silly and weird here. Uh, this is um, this is for people who got league pass and watch a lot of, you know, uh, other teams uh, in game, you know, in game entertainment. And I, I, I've always loved the Grizzly Grizz. Uh, just solid, just just solid name too, right? You just trim down the Grizzly name. <laughs> um, and, uh, it, you know, anyone that knows uh, wrestling, like, you know, uh, Memphis is a wrestling town. And uh, the the Grizz does a lot. Of, he puts people through tables. There's like Ode to Undertaker. And just there's like cliffhangers that will carry on from game to game sometimes. So that just got me thinking like, what's that version? Uh, what does that look like for, you know, maybe not necessarily the Raptor, but what does that look like for the in-game ops for the Raptors, you know? Uh, so I thought we'd have some creative ideas here. Uh, let's, uh, let's start with you, um, Let's start with you, Anthony. Um, what's like your yeah? What's what's a loose narrative that that might be tied together for uh, the in-game arena stuff? Well, how about instead of a loose narrative, I I book a feud between the Toronto Raptor, Raptor, and Drake. So okay. essentially, how this will all kick off is. Uh, at the beginning of the season, uh, Drake will be courtside probably. And I think the Raptor is going to antagonize him and challenge him to dunk. And Drake will be like, no, 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 I don't dunk. I'm Drake. I just uh, drink Perrier's on the sideline and hang sure. out with my son. And eventually the Raptor is just going to, every time Drake comes to a uh, game, he will uh continually uh, do a more impressive thing. He'll maybe involve Adonis in a dunk of some sort, and he will basically try to goad Drake into a dunk off. And (laughs) at some point during the season, we are going to get possibly a half court shooting competition. They'll probably play a game of horse or something. And what I want to do is by the end of it all, the blow off uh, dunk off is going to involve uh, half of the uh, Scotiabank Arena audience uh, rooting for Drake and then half with the Raptor. And then whoever wins the dunk off gets a very specific giveaway item. And that's it. All right. MLSC, <laughs> hire me. Call me up. MLSC, 
MLSC Foundation. Uh, please hire this gentleman. He's absolutely desperate for work, and he has yes. ideas. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that's you know involving Drake. That's that's just you know it's going to work. It's going to get a lot of press. Um, you know, maybe Pusha T gets involved. Who knows, right? Like this is uh, yeah, this is good stuff. The Raptor could write a diss track and perform it at a game, and the Raptor could be voiced by Pusha T. Yeah, I'm sure Pusha T would be down. He's just like, how, how do I integrate more, uh, more things that rhyme with uh, with cocaine, uh, in into the uh, into my rhymes via the rapper? But also, he's not um, allergic or adverse to uh, doing corporate uh, tunes. I think he made a track that was like a Wendy's diss track with Arby's for their like new fish sandwich. You can look it up. Um, wow, pretty good. <laughs> I like it. I, I didn't know. I mean, okay, I was going to make a shitty like Arby's has beef with Wendy's pun, but um, whoops, I just did. I'm so sorry, everybody. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, after I uh, just just flatten the momentum here, let me go to uh, Aiden. What's your what's your sort of, uh, you know, narrative idea uh, for Raptors fans? I struggle with this one. I'm not, this is not my uh, forte. I, what came to mind is there just keep, keep seem to be different variations of the Raptor. Like there's super, super large Raptor and then mm-hmm. there's like mini me Raptor. Yep. So I'm kind of, I'm envisioning they're just being, you know, what's really hot in popular culture right now is multi dimensions. So I'm wondering, you know, if we start getting, variations of the raptor maybe super old raptor or like super old spider raptor. <laughs> raptor or like i don't know oh. i'm just he's yeah he's ripe for variation and they they every year they come up with something new so i'm that's that's all i really have i'm into it more raptors every section yeah. gets a raptor um, kind of like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, like me, him, you, me, I'm you, him, me kind oh, of yeah. going on yeah, yeah. they can all do the spider-man they can all do the Spider-Man meme where they stand yeah. center and point, at each and other. point at each other. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's that, that's good shit, you know. And also, like, listen, these ideas got to move because it's basically just during a timeout. Uh, and they don't get the halftime. You know, that's for, like, uh, that's for the Simon that's Says That's for the guy. dish spinning people. You yeah, know? the dish red, spinners, red panda. Red panda. That's for the dog race. Big one. Um Maddie, what's up? What's your uh, what's your narrative idea? Are you going to tie through the season? Well, I'll give you a date that's pretty important for this. Now, I am talking about the Raptors as well as we all are. Sure, uh, sure. But December thirtieth, twenty two. That's uh, just before New Year's. There, the Phoenix Suns are in town. Okay. Yep. I see where mm. this is going. And I think I'd like to see the entire fall given to the Raptor preparing for this encounter. Like there yep. he's, he's outside the Scotiabank doing bench and there's like <laughs> Devin Booker's face is on the dumbbells or something weird. Sure. Sure. Um, you know, when the day actually comes, everybody in the Scotiabank is given a Raptor's head and we're, we're like all the Raptor. We yep. all can cause he, yeah. I'm sure they have enough to pass out, but we sure. all like Freddie. Hopefully, if you get that game with your season tickets, you'll be able yep. to put the Raptor head on, and we all just stare at Devin Booker. Devin's nightmare. This is <laughs> in good. silence. Mm. I don't want any like I want it to be silent, staring at Devin Booker through that whole game, 
with well, everybody. <laughs> and the, the raptor just, you know, like arms crossed looking at him, seeing like, do you see the power I have? So, or maybe uh, better yet, everybody <laughs> has a Devin Booker mask. Oh, wow. That is yeah, better. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> that would be mental. We're all just chanting double team. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, this is good. This is good. Yeah, let's, you know what? Like, De- Devin Booker thinks he got away with this. That's what I like the most. Right. Yeah. He thinks when, you know, there's no fans in our arena, um, you know, he can bully the Raptor and, like, that's that. Yeah. You know, he thinks that losing, you know, to the Mavericks in, in, a, in a very, you know, disgraceful fashion is the low point of his career. Absolutely <laughs> not. He's going to run into like a fully rehearsed nightmare. <laughs> this is Michael Douglas, the game starring Devin Booker. Um, hey, I'd watch that rehearsal episode of the Raptor preparing yeah. for this. Let's, yeah. let's, get, let's get Nathan Fielder on it. Be like, Listen, yeah. you, we need you to bother Devin Booker. That's it. I want to do that. Just go for it, bro. I want to um, see the actor who plays Devin Booker. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So there's a bunch of Devin Booker actors. Okay, this is good. This is good. Um, Okay, mine, uh, you know, I often have the worst answer to my own dumb question, but uh, I live near Eglinton now. I'm really excited for uh, whenever the Eglinton LRT is finally finished, and I want the Raptor on it. Uh, I I want the Raptor basically documenting every part. Like, I want him doing bits outside of the stations that aren't built yet, Um, you know, doing stuff at track level showcasing the new stations uh, and basically just, you know, like pumping up public transit. And, um, you know, I'm sort of thinking like the, the cheesy bits where it's like, okay, where the, we filmed the Raptor and clearly, you know, this is low budget. There's like a, a, a sticky tape sign and, you know, we don't have a lot of time or, or also, you know, he, he interviews people uh, outside of like Eglinton and Keel being like, what do you think of this transit project? Like, oh you know, never stop working on yourself like Eglinton, like just basically give me like a year of Eglinton bits and also put pressure on that project to finally finish. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I want the Raptor to get a little political yeah. and, um, yeah, just do a lot of Eglinton material. Uh, the, it, it would be good for me. I think most of the city and country would absolutely not care, and they'd be furious <laughs> at this shitty idea. But I'd like it a lot. It'd be a good conclusion if he ends up running for city councilor or something, you know, like it actually becomes go. a campaign. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's like somehow like we're we're in that like late stage of, of populism where it's like, you know what? mascot let's just get let's let this mascot run <laughs> you know this is a black mirror episode the raptor is your new city councilor he's actually hyper conservative shit no. oh uh okay cool let's uh let's move on um I know, from my shitty idea uh i feel like i keep tanking the momentum here but um <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Matty D, uh, I think it's just Weird Al now. So, you know, let me just say, give me your give me your best, weirdest Weird Al sting. This is Adam Silver, huh? Oh, oh okay. That's new. <laughs> he swore at the end there. He's like, Wow. <laughs> Wow, the, the the Daniel Radcliffe version <laughs> is smutty. I like it. Um, okay, let's uh, let's go to you first, uh, Aiden, on this one. Okay, and um, yeah, I mean, this is just sort of uh, you know biggest piece of news I think in the NBA right now. But um, yeah, what are your thoughts on the Cavs Jazz trade? Like, I don't know, you know, what thoughts you have about the Jazz, but I guess you know mostly the Cavs and. Um, you know, where do you see them uh, finishing in the East this year? I think it, I think it puts them in the five, six range. Um, I, we talked about this on the wrap up, like they're certainly going to be a good regular season team. There's Mm -hmm. no question. Like I, I think the, their starting five is one of the better starting fives in the Eastern conference, if not the league. Um, I loved the trade for Cleveland. They weren't going, they didn't want to re-sign Colin Sexton. Larry Markinen in, in some respects was a liability more than he was a benefit, especially with Mobley and Jared Allen. And then Abaji is probably going to be a good player, but he was never there to begin with. So, and then the, and then the picks, you know, everybody is mortgaging their future. It kind of seems like people, so we were joking. It's like almost like general managers know that the world's coming to an end. So, you know, fuck it. Like 2030 first rounder, who cares? We're probably mm-hmm. not even going to exist anyway. So, and, and, you know, if things go awry, they can recoup these picks too. They have a lot of guys that they can, you know, trade out if they want to suddenly uh, rebuild around Evan Mobley alone or something like that. Right. So I think this is pretty fail safe for them. Mitchell's really young. He's a top 10 scorer. He fills a lot of the the categories that Cleveland lacked because so much of the offense ran through Garland and he just can only do so much on his own. So Mitchell gives him obviously just uh, uh, alleviates so much pressure on Garland and gives them a, a completely new look offensively. Defensively will be the problem. Um obviously they don't have a a, a wing that can and that's what Abaji was supposed to be. And so I'm sure they'll be looking to kind of fill that spot. And that's also why I don't think Toronto's as threatened by this acquisition as at first glance is because mm-hmm. we actually match up really well with them because they don't really have anybody that can guard a lot of our guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I th- but, I, but I think the cost for Devin Mitchell was e- extremely low for what Cleveland paid. Yeah, uh, I mean, lots of good points there. I think we do match up with them well. It's you know we're sort of uh, opposites. Uh, I think you know they have Allen and and Mobley, and we have so many swingmen, and we're sort of like it's it's sort of experimental in different ways. Um, But at one point, I want to sort of just uh, you know jump on and I guess you know add to a little bit. You know, although I'm not sure if you fully agree with this, but this sort of hoarding of picks, I think, you know, it, it, when, if you look at it from like you're, you're playing NBA 2K sort of thing, it's like, you know, great. You have all these picks, but I think we've learned in recent history with, uh, with Danny Ainge and, you know, even the Sixers process, sort of what happens is, 
the the trade calculation changes, right? I think when people are dealing with the Thunder uh, or now the Jazz, they they ask for more picks because they know they have them, right? So it's not their picks are sort of like it's almost like these. There's this idea that oh, you you know you can't have too many picks, but I really you know I don't really agree with that, and I think what happens is you have a bulk of picks where, you know, your picks are sort of devalued where, you know, if you're, if you're a Raptors and you're Messiah, you're like, Hey man, like I, I have just my picks and that's it. So like, this is really important for me. I want to get a Coloco and develop him. I want my, my Barnes. So it's like, I'm not, I'm not dealing with, you know, that's, that's not what I'm doing here. Um, and then I also think, you know, wh- wh- what you, what you said, I think is a really good point is, uh, you know, these teams that are going for it, Miami, Cleveland, Minnesota, even you can still, let's say Minnesota, you know, as a tire fire mid season and they're like, this is awful. This is, you know, this is terrible. We want to trade towns. Yeah. Well, then they can recoup some picks. And I think that this idea that if you go all in, then you're, you're totally stuck all in is, you know, there's truth to it depending on the contracts and everything. But um, yeah, I just think it's a really good point. You bring up that like, you know, these, these things aren't irreversible. No. So uh, that is important. And um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll say, I feel like I have Cleveland a little bit higher, but sort of when, when I first saw this trade, I was like, Oh my God, you know, this, they're going to be neck and neck with the, where I have the Raptors, which is, uh, you, you know, third in the East, which I think is higher than a lot of people, but that's sort of where I have the Raptors. And, you know, that doesn't mean I think they're going to make to the conference finals or anything. I just, I think we have a really deep, solid regular season team, but I think Cleveland is, yeah, I, I'm, I'm closer to, I think I haven't been kind of like fourth or fifth. Uh, and, um, I, 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 it's mostly because I feel like I, I don't know if I'm too high, but I just really feel like Evan Mobley is a very, very special player who, you know, for his position has figured out some of the most important things already mm-hmm. and just isn't really a liability in a lot of ways. So I just think that pairing him with Mitchell, assuming Mitchell buys in and everything that, you know, it makes sense for Cleveland to try and be as good as they can now and figure out their swingman situation later on. So I, you know, I'm, I'm really high on it for Cleveland. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah and, and Mobley, the the reason why Markinen worked last year, because he's by no means a three, he's, mm-hmm. you know, a, a four at best is because Mobley is so long and athletic and versatile. And so I think, like I said, especially in the regular season, he, him and Allen combined can make up for a lot of their defensive deficiencies. Totally. It'll be more like it'll be, there'll be more exploitation in the playoffs when it gets more physical and these smaller guards, Garland and Mitchell are really kind of um, put to the test defensively. And that, Mm -hmm. that could be when thing, when they kind of realize they, they do need that six, 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 seven guy to kind of get in there and guard the number one, like a Pascal Siakam. Right. Um, But until then, I think they're going to be a very good team. And just quickly on the draft picks, I think, yeah, the abstract value of the pick has swung again in pendulum, right? But a long time ago, it they didn't really have any value. Then they had a lot of value and no one wanted to let go of them. And now it's gone the other direction. And I think that's following suit to the NFL. You see like the LA Rams, they just kind of traded everything they had to win now. And then we'll figure it out later. And I think 
NBA teams are kind of, like you said, they saw that with the process. They're seeing that with Oklahoma. There have been plenty of other teams who have, have gotten picks, even the Pelicans to some degree, and, and it hasn't really gotten them anywhere. And so the value of the player you have before you is, is worth more than the speculation of what a pick could become, especially with the bottom four picks being the same percentage in the lottery, right? You're, you're not guaranteed mm-hmm. the first overall pick anymore. So it's, it's interesting philosophically how, how the, uh, how the approaches to future assets has changed. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. Um, and I think like, you know, that sometimes, yeah, it's, you know, it's speculative, but it's, it's easy to overvalue like, oh man, I have all this stuff for later. And it's sort of like, well, is it going to be good later? Yeah, who you know, but also you don't, you know, want to be, you don't have zero options. Like you're the Lakers and you're like, we, we have no, or True. we have nothing to work with here. We have nothing, nothing to sweeten the deal. You know, similar Clippers are a little bit like that as well. Um, Okay, Anthony, where where are you at with this this trade in general and, and the Cavs? Well, it was kind of one of those like Woj bombs out of nowhere. Like I didn't really expect it to happen, so mm-hmm. uh, I was quite surprised. I was like, is there going to be any more fun off season drama after all this KD stuff has been settled? And my prayers were answered. And <laughs> this this trade is uh is is fun. Like I think it's exciting to see another superstar uh, sort of move to a new place for a new start, especially because at the end of the season, all of the drama in Utah was basically like, can these guys be successful without each other, Rudy and Mitchell? And now we have this new storyline uh, going into the next season where it's like, okay, like you're both paired with different stars. Uh, let's see how good um, offensively Rudy can be. And let's see uh, if they can hide the spider on defense well enough that he can not be a liability. And I think in terms of Cleveland, like the, it's really amazing how they didn't have to give up all of their depth to get this trade done. Like they still have Harris Levert and like what Kevin love Ricky Rubio is coming back. Like the team's in pretty good shape. I just think like, how do these two like sort of ball dominant, like scoring guards work together and what's like sort of the, the balance that they have to find in order for this offense to move at like a reasonable clip. Like how are they going to work in transition? Like, Ooh, there's a lot of questions, but it is very exciting to, to think that like there's potentially another powerhouse team in the East to watch. It's a bit threatening to us as Raptors fans, but Hey, you know, it's going to be good for basketball to see all of these sort of key pieces on teams that have been around for a while, just have a new sort of change of scenery. Yeah. And, you know, I think for most of my time being you know, a super intense NBA fan, the East has is, is been a joke, right? So we're seeing this sort of continual beefing up of the East. Uh, the one caveat I always say, and I've said on this podcast so many times, is never underestimate how many bad um, management teams there are in the East. Like there's always like four or five cities where you're like, oh, they're doing good stuff. And it's like, oh, wait, yeah, James Dolan or, um, you know, whatever, <laughs> Washington. It's like there's just a lot of sort of like – incompetence uh, I think in the East Mm. ownership but I do feel like you have you know at least you know I think yeah three teams in the West that are they're openly tanking uh, to begin the season and uh, you know if I'm not mistaken the only team 
openly tanking in the East is the uh, Pacers. Uh, you know, I don't know. I think or- Orlando. Orlando, yeah, you're right. Yeah, right. virtue of not being great. Yeah. Yeah, Orlando, I think is like sort of yeah, they're yeah trying to get better, but they want good. They want good picks. Um, yeah, or exactly Orlando and, and and the Pacers for sure. Um, but you know Detroit and uh, you know whatever's going on with the Knicks and 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 the Wizards. Like I think those teams have some idea of like being decent at least. Like you know who knows what's going on with Charlotte, but. Um, yeah, you know, I think I think you made a lot of good points there, Anthony, and it should be interesting to watch uh, Mitchell on, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the East, in in Cleveland, and how that all kind of plays out. Like it's not that long ago that he had that incredible uh, bubble, um, you know, duel with with Murray, right? Where the you know the fifty point game. So you know this guy can do stuff, and he's he's also young. He's I think he's on three or four years still on the contract. So uh, I'm, I'm happy for Cleveland. Uh, you know, yeah, that core, the core looks so great. Like, solid, you know, right? they're just, they're, they're very young. And the thing that's like really important to me about the return uh, for Utah is if somebody goes down or if the injury bug bites Cleveland in one of these seasons, like an unprotected pick is it's unprotected. <laughs> like that's, that's the key word there, right? Like, and if the right prospect comes around, like if there is another generational prospect, like Wenyama or whatever in the future classes coming up here, like that's, that's a big, big miss. If you know, the, <laughs> the worst goes for Cleveland, you know? Yeah. And I know I, we were talking about, I uh, mean, and we're talking about all, all the pick stuff, but you know, just talking about uh, a very brief point on the uh, the Spurs and the Jazz. I've never seen those teams tank during my mm. kind of like basketball fandom. So I'm interested to see how they approach it. Right. Mm. Like, are they, yeah. you know, I've seen the sort of like forever tanks like Orlando and, you know, Sacramento and Charlotte sort of thing. But I've never seen like these franchises are generally they try to be good. Pacers, too, yeah. I think I'd throw in there as, as yeah. a team that for the most part tries to be competitive for their fan base. So. I, I am fascinated to see how they approach a rebuild. Um, it could be very interesting to see where the rest of the pieces in Utah go at the deadline. Like lots to go to. Yeah. Like where's our, uh, where's the Filipino dreamboat going to go <laughs> Clarkson? Where, where's he going to get sent to? Where's bogey going to go? Like these are all very valuable pieces to a team that is a uh, contender. So yeah. The, the other thing I'll say just quickly about Mitchell I would say all-star alert because he's never played with a point guard as talented and athletic or as gifted, I'd say, as Garland. Because, you know, Conley was a little bit older in his career mm-hmm. and and was struggled with injury. And he's never played with a big, being Mobley, who is as versatile and athletic on both mm-hmm. ends. Because, totally. you know, he's only ever really had Gobert. And then I'm I'm trying to think about who else has been on Utah? Like, you know, bogey probably is the best offensive guy he's had beside him. So this is arguably, even though Utah was so good for so many years, this is arguably the most talented starting lineup he's had uh, around him. And so I could really see him accelerate his game um, and come flying out at the beginning of the season. Yeah. I mean, if you're a Cleveland fan, you're, you're, you're saying like, Hey, Allen was an all-star. Uh, Garland was an all-star. Mitchell's going to be an all-star. 
um, you know, a guy like love even has sort of like bought into his role. Yeah. Right. You know, it's not that mm-hmm. long ago that we saw love doing those like super hard passes and like sort of like, I guess trying to like get his way out of town and you know, he's, he's, yeah, he's a little tantrum. And but like, the thing is he's sort of being like, whatever. Okay, fine. I'm in Cleveland. I'm going to like, I'll be, I'll hit shots. So, uh, and Cleveland was, you know, they're having an incredible season. They, they really got hit hard by the injury bug. Yeah. But um, okay. Last question here. Uh, Let's go to you first, Anthony. Um, You know? Yeah. I think this is, uh, I say it all the time, but I feel like the NBA is in the, the age of kind of like parody, right? You know, coming off the Golden State, you know, Cleveland four years and you know, four years in the finals. And, you know, it's the last four years have been two different teams every year. And, uh, you know, we got you know, Jokic centered offense. We got whatever's going on in Minnesota. The Raptors are weird. Cleveland's weird. Uh, a lot of teams are trying funky stuff. And it was just sort of making me think like, what, what's a team that comes to mind as a, as a team that is sort of like, well, you know what? They're, they're sort of just, you know, doing basic stuff. Like, like what we assume, like, you know, they, like, they're not leaning into positionless basketball or whatever they're kind of doing what we think basketball is um, or, or used to be. So, so what's the team that comes to mind for you? That's sort of, I guess, yeah, traditional. Um, that's a good question. I think when I think about traditional, I just think about the like most stereotypical archetypes for each position. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, okay, what team has guys that kind of fit into like one through five, like, chalk and i think like milwaukee might be one of those teams where yeah, it's like okay milwaukee. it's like drew uh okay go grace and allen or somebody else and then we got like a middleton Giannis, and then you have a true center i'd say mm-hmm. bobby portis very and traditional they, to have a yeah. white guy in the starting lineup <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah, very traditional for that market specifically <laughs> um and i think like yeah they they play some pretty hard basketball in the paint there's like they, they just have guys who can bang down there, right? Like, yes, yeah. all obviously is just like an overpower a bunch of dudes. Lopez drops have, back too, right? So, yeah. Um, and I think like that's probably the most traditional team that I can think of. And another option maybe would be like uh, the Suns. Oh, Suns is a good one. Yeah. I, I wasn't thinking about the Suns, but that's a really good pick too. They're, they have like, yeah, yeah, sort of every. Who's the starting power forward for the Suns? Well, allow me because that is my team. Okay, please. Mm, yes. Yeah. Excellent. Good segue. <laughs> so I do have Phoenix and. Uh, and exactly to your point, Anthony, like to me, they each position is more or less archetypical of like the 90s, early 2000s. So DeAndre mm-hmm. Ayton is. is pretty versatile defensively he can kind of switch in a pinch but he's better off in drop and doesn't play much outside of the paint jay crowder is the one kind of exception he's a four and he is you know like a shooter um and more athletic than you know like an anthony mason or whatever but he but he is a he's he is a brawler. Like he likes to stir shit up, which is what power forwards typically do, right? Like they're the mm-hmm. bruisers, whatever. Um, the three is bridges, which is what the small forward was back in the day, like the Scotty totally. Pippins and stuff, right? Like they kind of, they were the bridge between the shooting guard and the power forward. They did a little bit of everything. They were long. Um, Devin Booker to me is a very old school shooting guard. He, he, 
he really is a smokerum of Kobe in so many ways. Yeah. Um, and then Chris Paul is a, a Hall of Fame, Hall of Famer point guard, but but he, and he comes from that cut of you know playmaking distributor first, hard nosed defender. Um, can score when you need to. And if you look at their stats, it's not all there, but they were 26 in three-point attempts, which is old school. They were second in mid-range attempts, old school. Um, they were interesting. They were second in paint attempts, but last in at-rim attempts. So they don't get to the hole a lot, um, which is, I don't know if that's necessarily old school or not. But yeah, a lot of their gameplay kind of rep, rep they were the only thing is they were, uh, a, ta- a higher team in pace. They played at a faster pace than other teams. But so yeah, Phoenix was my choice. And then honorable mention for me was Philly. Yep. Yeah. Phil Philly makes a lot of sense too, right? What, what's their, what's their starting lineup? Is it, I guess, uh, Harden and Maxi, um, PJ Tucker and Harris and Harris. Embiid. Right. Embiid. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I think, you know, I probably have the, the worst answer here, or, or it's the biggest stretch anyways, because the starting lineup definitely has two twos. But jumping on your point, Aiden, um, I feel like, uh, you know, for me, I, the team I picked was the Bulls. Um, Hmm. because I feel like, you know, if it's, I don't, I think he's going to be injured to start the year, but I think Lonzo gives me some of those, uh, sort of, I know he's kind of like a two, but, uh, you know, he gives me some of those, you know, pass first, you know, vibes. And I also think the the point I I love that you made Aiden is, uh, sort of the power forward bruiser. And I feel like Pat Williams, uh, is really that. And, you know, interesting, you know, for Raptors fans, because I think, you know, he was, uh, had the same role for Florida, uh, and was also drafted fourth overall, uh, the year before Scotty. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's some sort of like, you know, symmetry there. I think Vucci is not a traditional center in that he's a scoring center, but he is sort of that typical big man. And where I think, you know, my selection is worse than your guys is that I, I think DeRozan and Levine are, I would say both twos. And I yeah. guess, one of them has to play the three. We saw that with the, when DeRozan was a Raptor, right? With Ross, it was kind of like they're mm-hmm. both twos and someone's pushed up to the three. doesn't quite belong there. Cause I do think, you know, your point about Pippen uh, as a bridge really is that, um, you know, w- what we think of the three. Uh, and I, I was actually going to say uh, as a backup too, I think, you know, their, their starting lineup, not who they close with, but I think the Warriors have some tradi- traditional mm-hmm. stuff going on. They don't play in a traditional way, but I mean, Steph, Clay is really a traditional shooting guard. Very. Uh, mm-hmm. Wiggins is, you know, quite the traditional small forward. Um, you know, uh, Green is, again, plays in a bunch of crazy ways, but I feel like he has that power forward build. And then Looney, you know, as a center I think he's kind of more of a four as well, but so anyways, yeah, all that to say your guys' picks are definitely better than mine. But, I, think, um, I think Warriors is a sneaky good one actually. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Looney's like those old, there's like every nineties team had like that old center, like Bill Cartwright or like olden Polonese or something. And yeah. Looney, despite being like 26 moves, like his knees are 48, you know, like he just has like <laughs> an old man movement to his game. So I, that's a good choice. And I feel I feel like that poor guy's always getting injured too. Like I, yeah. I've watched the finals run, the Raptors run so many times, and just you can just feel it when Kawhi hits him in the chest, where you're like, that's mm-hmm. just that hurts. Um, 
Well, it's I, Wiseman I, season though, you know, like he's sure. gonna yeah. Is it Wiseman? Is it time? So it's finally, it's finally Wiseman time. <laughs> Wiseman faults. <laughs> Let's go, um, guys. That's uh, that's it for the pod though. Uh, thank you both so much for joining. This was a good one. Uh, a lot of interesting points, and I think you know it's exciting. We're we're, we're getting close to the beginning of the season here, but um, let me go to you first, uh, Aiden. What, what what do you got going on? You want to let people know? Uh, I know you're doing a lot of pods with uh, with Oren and. Uh, stuff with Raptors of Public, but you know, please plug away. Yeah, that's about it. Oren and I have had a, I've been bored, so we just started doing uh, pods on over unders and who we think is going to be MVP rookies of the rookie of the year. So you can find those on the Raptors Republic YouTube or podcast, whichever you prefer. Um, and I will soon begin writing again. Um, it's yeah, like you said, training camps coming up, so. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye out for that, and that's it. Sweet. Well, th- thanks for doing it, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate it. Um, Anthony, what's going on? You know, uh, any, any shows? Anything you want to plug? What's up? Uh, I don't think I have any shows in particular I want to plug that are coming up that are live, but uh, I've been uh, working on this food podcast, uh, part of the Sonar Network, uh, Bites and Bits, and that is a fun little food podcast that marries the energy of going out uh, for a meal after you finish a show. We chat about uh, different themes regarding food and also some comedy as well and as you mentioned earlier i have an independent wrestling podcast where we book dream matches and it's called book it vince uh we just went to monday night raw in toronto uh a couple weeks ago so we recorded an episode before we went to raw and then after and then we recorded a new episode today as well and that drops every tuesday wherever podcasts are found amazing um well, thank you both. And, you know, thanks everyone who listens to this podcast. Uh, we've been, uh, you know, growing this past little while. So we really appreciate everyone and, you know, follow us on socials uh, at dunks podcast or dunkspodcast.com. And um, yeah, thanks so much, Maddie. If you feel like we're done, we're good to go. Please just give me those words. I love so much. Okay. <laughs> Listen to full episodes of the Confederacy of Dunks only on the Rapcast. Thank you.